Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the A Plus Study Hall with your host, the A Plus himself, Zachary Rivaye. It is great to be back. My goodness, it's been a little while since I've done one of these. And I'm definitely glad to be back into the swing. Um, we were on winter break here at the Rhode Island College radio station, WXIN 90.7. Obviously, as college goes, you know, as you go through the semesters, you have breaks in between and therefore you are not operating. And as a result of that, I was not operating this show. But now that we're back into the swing of things and now that the semester has started once again, I am here to once again give you guys that, that dose, that much needed dose of the A plus study hall. Now, a few things have changed since the last time I did one of these. So we're gonna, we're gonna go over that. Uh, first and foremost, I went and got myself a new job. That's been a, a great adjustment for me. Um, I've worked in the restaurant industry for about three years, um, started right after high school. And most recently I used to work for Denny's and a lot of things just happened with that. Um, a lot of uh, negative things based on, you know, the pandemic and having to quarantine and I just needed to make a change and I've officially started working in retail for the first time. I now work at a thrift store. Um, I work at, I work for Savers, a little thrift store in Rhode Island. We work in association with uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. It's a nonprofit organization that takes in donations and we then price those items and sell them to the general public. We make secondhand, second nature. It's a great time. I work with a great staff. Um, I work for the donation center more primarily where you know people bring their stuff and we get to interact with the general public and that's where I thrive. I thrive in a public setting. I thrive where people can interact with me and I can interact with them and make their experience the best experience possible. And that's why I do stuff like this because it allows me to engage and interact with you, the public, the people. I get to be the champion of the people when I'm in front of this microphone. And it's great. It's a great feeling to make people smile, to make people feel good, even if it's just for a second. In other news, with this being a new semester, I am now in my final semester as a senior in college. I have been attending Rhode Island College since 2017 when I started out as a freshman and to make it this far, my goodness, it has not been an easy road. And it's been an incredible journey up to this point, you know. I've taken a lot of great classes, had a lot of great professors, met a lot of people who, you know, have really been a major influence in my life. And I couldn't ask for better. Rhode Island College has been so great to me. And now even being a part of WXIN, it's truly been like an amazing, amazing experience to get to know these guys, this crew, and be a part of them as the country and top 40 director. Like, I, this is something that is 
very well-known information if you know me, but I'm a huge country music guy. And I know that strikes a lot of people weird, like, oh, country. No, but I love country music. Hell, I go out, well, before the pandemic, I used to go to karaoke all the time. And I would sing my heart out. I actually have a really good country voice. If, if anybody ever wants to hear me sing that, sing on this show, feel free to request that because I'll, I'll do it. I'll do some uh, I'll do some karaoke live on the mic. No problem with that. Actually, what's as I'm recording this, my local karaoke spot's actually opening up this Sunday. So I may go down and I may uh, I may record myself and maybe I'll throw it in here. You know, I'll throw myself doing some karaoke. So that might be something I do. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> but obviously now with this semester, as it was with the la the previous semester and the one before that, about halfway through, um, everything is online. Everything is online, and I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of online. Yeah, online isn't really my cup of tea. I'm very much a uh, an in-person learner. I'm very much a hands-on learner. I can learn through like you know lectures and slides, powerpoints, and books. But when it comes to that stuff, I need somebody to be engaging with me. I need somebody to be, you know, actually teaching the material. And a couple of my classes across last semester and this semester have switched over from hybrids, which are basically we meet, we would meet once a week and then you would, you know, have the rest of your work assigned to you to just becoming strictly online, where they just post PowerPoints and they post materials, and then you do the work with no inter interaction. And that to me is just, then what's the point, you know? Cause now I'm not engaging. And now I like, I want to be able to engage, especially like, okay, one of my classes is a philosophy class on gender issues. That is such a great thing to, to talk about. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll start bringing that stuff on to here. Maybe I will take the classes that don't meet and I'll apply them here and I'll talk about what I'm learning and I'll talk about that stuff. Maybe that'll be a thing I can throw onto this show. There's a lot of avenues that we could go here on the A plus study hall and I can't wait to take all these adventures with each and every one of you. But of course, the primary focus of this show is my passion, professional wrestling. Boy, is there a lot of stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling. Now, we're a little, I'm a little bit behind on a lot of a lot of things since the last time I've done one of these. A lot has happened. A lot of moving parts have, you know, moved. <laughs> um, but the biggest event, I guess you could say, that has happened in the past several weeks is WWE's annual January tradition of the Royal Rumble. An event that spans back all the way to the 80s, created by Pat Patterson. I believe that we had touched upon this in one of my most previous episodes. Uh, Pat Patterson, who recently passed away, had created the Royal Rumble match. This idea of 30 men coming in at randomly timed intervals last man standing you throw it over the top rope both feet touch the floor you are out the last person standing gets a title shot at Wrestlemania it's a great concept it's been around for decades and it still continues true and to be honest this year's Royal Rumble was such 
a great show. Probably one of their best in years. And we're going to cover that whole show top to bottom. We're going to fill in some stuff in between, you know, some storyline aspects and um, some reports, some rumors surrounding each of the contests because this this show definitely got a lot of buzz from the media. So much so that people were fantasy booking and somebody created the what was called the darkest timeline. That certain events that would take place could lead to one of the the worst case scenarios leading into WWE's biggest show of the year, WrestleMania. And WWE has had quite the track record the past couple of years of just doing the worst thing possible, especially when it comes to a certain individual that we will get to. Um, constantly winning championships and derailing young talent. Again, we will get to him when we get to that point in the pay-per-view which we're going to be doing in just a couple minutes but before we do i'm going to hit some shameless plugs because that's what i do here this is my show and i can plug whatever i want for starters first thing i'm going to plug is something i always plug i'm going to plug this lovely thing it's something so simple but it can change your life Guaranteed. It is a Discord server known as the NGTTWF, the Keepers of Kayfabia. Now, this has a lot to do with wrestling, as it's part of a Pro Bowl Battle League that we do on TikTok known as the NGTTWF, where basically we take the wrestling out of wrestling and we just keep the smack talk. That's what we do. And it's a great time. I've met so many great people. I've had a lot of great memories through it. And what's great about the server is it's not just wrestling. It's a place where you can meet new people. You can engage with us, the promo artists. You can engage with us, the people, the people behind the characters. And you can talk about whatever you want. We have channels for everything. I'm talking basketball, baseball, hockey, football, any sport you can think of, we have it. You want to talk about movies? Talk about movies. We have a channel for that. And how we even have movie nights sometimes in the server. We also have... There's so much that you can uncover. We play video games together. We'll play Dead by Daylight, Among Us, Fortnite, Call of Duty. Anything you want to play. They're sure out of the 500 different people that are in that server somebody is going to like something that you like and be a fan of things that you are a fan of so if you're looking for a new group of friends if you're looking for a new fun experience or maybe you're just looking for somebody to accept you for you i suggest coming to this discord server the ngttwf which you can find at discord.io slash ngt T-W-F. There are two T's. No more than two T's. Not three T's. Not one T, not four T's. Two T's. N-G-T-T-W-F. That's discord.io slash N-G-T-T-W-F. And one more thing I'm going to plug. And this is something that I didn't have the last time that I was doing this show. 
Last time I did this show, I plugged somebody else's merchandise store, um, known, that, the man known as Heel Hugs, who at the time was selling a piece of merchandise that I was associated with, the Eminent merchandise, which unfortunately, as of this recording, is now no longer available because that group uh, split up. We are no longer doing things together. That's how wrestling works. You know, you get together, you do a thing, and then... You know, you, got, you go your separate ways, and there were some issues, and we went our separate ways. However, through that whole idea, I decided, you know what? I should make my own Teespring store. I should make my own merchandise, which is exactly what I have done. I have created the A-plus Zachary Levier Teespring Merchandise Store that has many, many different designs based on myself, based on my backyard wrestling organization, RZW Wrestling, which if you haven't subscribed to that, go give us a subscribe. Go check out some of the videos. We haven't uploaded in a very long time due to the pandemic, but there's still a lot of great content on there, you know, including stuff that I have done. I've had a lot of great matches, a lot of great memories doing RZW wrestling. And it's a really great time. You know, we work with people who have special needs, physical handicaps, or people who just feel like they need a safe space, outcasts, and everybody in between. We're an open, we're an all-inclusive organization that allows people to just be something larger than they ever thought they could be. And that's something that's truly gratifying. But back to the merch store. The merch store includes things of just myself, it includes things from RZW Wrestling, including an RZW design, the, the logo for the show, as well as some designs based on the NGTTWF, the promo battle league that I do on TikTok, including my support the campaign angle where I was competing for the United States Championship. And I ran a whole mock presidential campaign of the real world champion of the NGTTWF when I held a a top title and I was feuding with another guy that had the top title. Um, the pillars, the the five men who really put the promo battle league on the scene, that being myself and men like Alex Cuts Promos, OMG It's Crispy, The Demented, and I Am The Rogue. As well as some, uh, some funny merchandise um, over on TikTok, me and a couple friends, we did a thing called The Breakfast Wars, where we debated on what a bacon, egg, and cheese should go on. Should it be on a bagel, which I am for the bagel? And then a friend of mine from New York said that it's better on a Kaiser roll. So I have officially put up Team Bagel, Team Kaiser roll merchandise. If you wanna just show your support for some bacon, egg, and cheese on a bagel, there's a t-shirt for that too. So if you wanna pick up any merchandise at all, you wanna pick up something and support me, hey, listen, it's gonna help pay the bills, Listen, college is not cheap. Bills are not cheap. So you know what? Just buying a t-shirt, buying a mug, anything is going to help me out. So if you go to teespring.com slash stores slash A Zachary Levely. That's C-A-C-H-O-R-Y-L-E-V-E-I-L-L-E-E. -E -E. With an A at the beginning because my story is A+, plus, but... You know, URLs do not support the plus symbol. So if you go to teespring.com slash stores slash A Zachary Levely, L-E-V-E-I-L-L-E-E, -E -E, you will find my delightful Teespring store. Please pick up some merchandise. 
it would mean so much to me. But with all that mindless rambling out of the way, let's get in to the 2021 Royal Rumble event. I guess you could say, let's get ready to rumble. Now, before I get into this, there are two Royal Rumble matches that it will be covered. There are the Women's Royal Rumble and there's the Men's Royal Rumble. When it comes to me discussing the Rumbles, I am not going to go spot for spot and mention every single person that, has, that was in it. There are 30 people in each. I am not covering 60 people because we're already almost 20 minutes into this episode and I don't got that kind of time. So what we're going to do is we're going to highlight the major names that entered the match. We're going to talk about, obviously, the winner. Any surprise returns, any surprise entrants, you know, people who weren't expected to be in the match. And discuss the overall winners and the way the direction is going with that. I'm not going to sit here and tell you about every single way that the person got thrown out. You know, the Royal Rumble is known for great moments. You know, great saves. Go on YouTube, look up some of the best Royal Rumble um, near saves. I don't know what you'd call them. Like, close calls, you know, of not being eliminated. You know, going over the top rope, but like landing on the barricade or landing in somebody's arms, you know, because your feet did not touch the floor, so you're still in the match. Um, so I'm not going to cover every single moment. I'm just going to cover the major names. I'm going to cover the winners. I'm going to talk about... Just about that stuff. But there's more on this show than just two Royal Rumbles, and that's what we're going to start talking about. Because on the pre-show, Charlotte Flair, a returning Charlotte Flair, who had returned the month before at the TLC, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs event. So Charlotte Flair and Asuka, who at that time are the women's tag team champions, taking on the former champions, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Now, this match... There's so much stuff going on with Charlotte Flair. Dude, Charlotte Flair is in like three different storylines at the same time. She's like low-key feuding with Asuka over the Raw Women's title. They haven't really pulled the trigger on that yet. But then she's also doing the tag team title stuff against Jackson Baszler. But she's also wrapped up into a storyline where her father, the legendary Ric Flair, is now escorting a, a new female wrestler to the ring and basically, you know, being Ric Flair with Lacey Evans. So she's in three different storylines, and that all kind of played into this match. For Charlotte Flair and Asuka coming as the tag team champions. And while working together, you can definitely tell there's some animosity, you know, and Jackson Baszler start using their size and strength to dominate the other team. Just as Charlotte Flair and Asuka start getting the advantage, you hear, woo! And here comes. Ric Flair, and here comes Lacey Evans dressed up in one of Charlotte's robes, mocking Charlotte. This enrages Charlotte Flair as she runs up the ramp to go after her father and Lacey Evans, which leaves now Asuka all alone against Jackson Baszler, who overpower her. We have new women's tag team champions. Yeah, new women's tag team champions based on Charlotte just having other things on her mind. What's funny, and I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on this a little bit with Nia Jax this past Monday on Raw. 
um, having a match with Lada, a tables match, mind you. That's finally playing off all those weeks that Nia Jax was putting Lana through a, through a table. One of the funniest things to ever happen in wrestling happened. It's become a viral trend over on Twitter, Facebook. You, If you're a wrestling fan and you follow any type of wrestling content, you will find something with this on your timeline. Nia Jax has a lot of set up on the apron. And she attempts a leg drop. And Lana rolls out of the way. And Naya hits the edge of the ring and just starts screaming, Ah! My hole! <laughs> she just screams out, My hole! on live television. And it has become the. F like, I can't log on to Facebook or Instagram or hell, even TikTok or Twitter without seeing somebody doing something involving Nia Jax and her whole. So good for you, Nia. It's about time to get some, uh, some publicity for something other than hurting people. That's a good for you, Nia. On top of being, once again, Women's Tag Team Champion. Good for you, Nia. Good for you. But with that being said, let's get into the main card. And we're going to talk about that, that, that person that I was talking about earlier. So, Drew McIntyre, probably one of my favorite wrestlers of all, of the modern era. I, I won't say all time, but I'll definitely say of the modern era of, like, the past, I'd say, 10, 15 years. You know, one of the, one of the best wrestlers of this generation, Drew McIntyre, the WWE Champion, putting his title on the line in the opener against a returning legend. Legend that likes to come uh, come around this time of year. Who likes to uh, just get title shots because he pops a rating. Because people like to see him. But that does not mean that he should be in the positions that he is in. And that is the biggest problem with the way they book this guy. Like, if they just bring him back and he did some stuff, you know, that's one thing. But when you are getting put over the younger talent who really deserves to be in the spotlight going into the, the WrestleMania season and WrestleMania itself, it just leaves a sour taste in your mouth for this individual. That individual is WWE Hall of Famer, WCW legend, Goldberg. Yep, Goldberg, the spear, the jackhammer. The man who had one of the most impressive, undefeated streaks in all of professional wrestling back in the day. Back after defeating Kevin Owens back in 2017 to become the Universal Champion. Last year beating The Fiend to become the Universal Champion. And now here he is about a challenge for the WWE title. Now, Goldberg winning that title is right on there with that uh, darkest timeline I was talking to you about earlier. Like, it's all that darker stuff. And this match being booked was for, like, the weirdest reason. Like, Drew McIntyre, Goldberg comes out and basically says Drew McIntyre disrespect legends with, which never happened ever. So, Drew comes in and it was like, well, we're going to fight, I guess, old man. But the fear of Goldberg winning that title, the fear of Goldberg defeating Drew McIntyre is what kept people invested. I was on the edge of my seat watching this match. And it did not disappoint. They had a bagger. 
Like right out the gate, McIntyre just headbutts Goldberg, spears him, they start spilling to the outside, he goes through a barricade. The action spills into the ring and Goldberg starts going on a tear, hitting two spears, but Drew kicks out. And then he hits his mighty jackhammer and Drew still kicks out, but after a few of those devastating Claymore kicks that Drew McIntyre is known for, he retains the WWE Championship. And my, my heart could rest easy the rest of that day. It still rests easy knowing that Goldberg did not harm Drew McIntyre. Now, we're gonna cover this match a little quicker than the last one. The SmackDown Women's Championship, Sasha Banks versus Carmella. This is their third time competing for the Women's Championship. Sasha Banks winning their first two encounters. Carmella kinda just getting another title shot as long as Sasha Banks was able to get a match with her sommelier Reginald, which I guess is another word for wine waiter. So we give people title shots to beat up people that we don't like. Okay, that's that's fine, whatever. This match took a little while to pick up. There was a lot of uh, shenanigans with Reginald at ringside. You know, and Carmella actually came alive as soon as he got ejected. Like when he was actually sent to the back, Carmella Came alive, but I feel like she actually started trying, but in the end, you're not gonna keep down the boss. You can't keep down the boss. So Sasha Banks retains the SmackDown Women's Championship in what I believe should have been a much better match. A lot of people say it was a good match. I agree that it was a good match. It was not a great match by any stretch of the word. And I just hope that this quietly ends. I hope that, you know, we don't have to do this anymore. But on SmackDown, Carmella confronted the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble. And Sasha Banks came out. So I think there might be some more Carmella involvement with the SmackDown Women's Championship. I kind of hope not. I like Carmella. I really like, but she's not a viable threat anymore after tapping out three times. Now to Sasha Banks. Now, after this Women's Championship match is our first of two Royal Rumble matches. And we start things off with the women's Royal Rumble match. 30 women, one opportunity to main event WrestleMania with a shot at any women's championship of that winner's choosing. You charge for the Raw Women's title. You charge for the SmackDown Women's title. Hell, you can do what Charlotte Flair did last year and go down and challenge for the NXT Women's Championship. The possibilities are endless with who can be in it, who can win it, and what will happen to WrestleMania. But before I start to cover the Royal Rumble, we're going to take a little break and we're going to hear from our sponsors. And now we are back from those lovely messages. And we can talk about the women's Royal Rumble match. Now, this, I gotta say, is probably one of the better women's Royal Rumbles out of the four that we've had. 2018, 19, 20. Yep, this is the fourth women's Royal Rumble. that They started up in 2018, and it's carried over. And it's kept being a thing until now. And I think this has been one of the better ones. I think while maybe some of the uh, surprise legend returns weren't as big and massive as previous years, 
um, the storytelling layers and just the overall um, the the build of the match and just the women involved. I think that it was an amazing show and an amazing match and all 30 women put it all out there to really put on a spectacle, to really make this whole match work. Now, the first two women, numbers one and two, start this match, it were, were perfect to start. They have history together over the SmackDown Women's title. They have great in-ring chemistry. Those two women being Bailey and a returning Naomi. Which if you have not watched Naomi, go find some Naomi highlight compilations. She's an amazing athlete. Same with Bailey. Bailey held that SmackDown Women's title for over over a year, like 380 something days, man. She was dominant over the past year. Um, she's actually at last year's WrestleMania defending the title. So now here she is starting at a number one. She wants to go the distance and once again, be in that spotlight at WrestleMania with the title on the line. So obviously Bailey, Naomi, back and forth, great time, which then leads into number three, the EST of WWE, Bianca Belair. She comes in, she starts cleaning house until number four comes in, that being Billy Kay. Now Billy Kay, I'm bringing her up because she was part of a very long, overarching storyline which was kind of funny. It was a very big comedy thing. Um, essentially, her whole gimmick lately has been trying to give out her resume to other female wrestlers in an attempt to try and find a new partner. She has sort of found that over on SmackDown with Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan of the Riot Squad, but they weren't in the match yet, so she's trying to make friends to protect herself. Um, trying to make friends with NXT entrant Shotzi Blackheart, Shayna Baszler, who we talked about earlier, Tony Storm, and all of them just sucker punched her as they went into the ring. Until number eight came out. A surprise legend returned from Jillian Hall. Not the greatest name of all, not the greatest name you could think of when it comes to great women's wrestlers. She's probably one of the more annoying superstars with her atrocious singing. But Billy Kay went up to her with her resume and presented her, we could be Billy and Jilly. And I guess that was enough because they hit the rig and they started working together and it was hilarious. But then, of course, things got interesting when number nine, Ruby Riot, comes in. And now it's like, hey, Billy, I thought we were cool. What are you doing? So now they start working together. Like the three of them, it became like a little a little connection. It was Jilly, Billy and Ruby. It was a great time. And then number 10 comes in and it's a legend. It's Victoria, who hadn't been in WWE in like 11 years or something. My God, it's been so long. I want to say it's even longer than that. It might be like 15 years since Victoria ever entered a WWE ring and she came in and looked great herself. And then number 11 comes in and it's Peyton Royce. Billy Kay's in real life best friend, former tag team champion partner. She comes in and now there's a whole mess, especially when Liv Morgan comes in at 13. And now you've got Jilly and Billy. You've got the Riot Squad, you've got the Iconics. I started calling it the the Jilly Billy Riot Conics. Because the five of them just started doing, like beating people up, they were working the corners, and it was just, oh, but I was like, what is happening? They are dominating this. And then number 14, who, my, who was my pick to win this Rumble comes in. 
Number 14 being the Brutalizer. The badass, Rhea Ripley, who I've met in real life. She is an amazing person outside of the ring. But inside the ring, she will chew you up, spit you out, pick you up, and then chew you up again. Because she can. She starts cleaning house, and at the same time, uh, Bianca Belair is putting in a star-making performance in this matchup. She's killing it. Bailey Naomi, they're still killing it. So overall, you have a really great field. Obviously, there are eliminations happening throughout, so I'm not going to talk about that. Number 15, Charlotte Flair. And obviously, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte coming out, coming in back to back. It's kind of uh, kind of really makes sense, considering they had that really great match at WrestleMania last year for the NXT Women's title. And Rhea Ripley's never really been able to recover ever since losing that title to Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. So it was kind of nice to watch them blow off here. Just because we're off campus doesn't mean we're offline. 90.7 WXIN, bringing you your favorite hit from Six Feet Away. With COVID cases rising, now more than ever, it's important to adhere to the three W's. Wash your hands, wear your mask, and watch your distance. Stay safe out there. Brought to you by 90.7 WXIN. For the best local pizza, look no further than Big Tony's Pizzeria at 525 Eaton Street, Providence, featuring daily specials and free delivery until 4 a.m. Get a whole pie or just a slice at the home of the Gangsta Rap. So call in at 401-490-0000 for a slice of the local favorite, Big Tony's. Often imitated, never duplicated. WXIN. Okay, boomer. Um, two spots later at number 17 would be the final uh, legend spot of the night. That being from Tori Wilson. It's always great to see Tori Wilson. And number 18, you hear, woo, once again, Ric Flair comes out. And here's Lacey Evans again, wearing that robe, and Charlotte gets mad, you know, and it was a whole thing. And we get, we keep going, we keep going through, um, keep going through and keep going through, and eventually we get through all 30 women. <laughs> women getting eliminated left and right and left and right. And we come down to the final three. We get down to the final stretch. Final three are Charlotte Flair, who nobody wants to win. That is part of the darkest timeline. Rhea Ripley, who I want to win. And then the uh, the heavy favorite, surprise, in my opinion, is surprising. But to a lot of people, there are a lot of big fans of this person. That being the woman who came in all the way at number three, Bianca Belair. <laughs> Now, the two former NXT women, Bianca and Rhea Ripley, they work together. They get rid of Charlotte, and it was fantastic. 
And now it comes down to two, and this was tough. There was a point in which Rhea Ripley should have actually won the match. Both women went over the ropes, and they were dangling, they were dangling, their feet were, their feet were almost gonna touch the floor, except at one point, Bianca Belair's feet potentially did touch the floor. That right there could have and should have been a victory for Rhea Ripley. However, it's funny because on TikTok, one of the actual WWE referees is on TikTok and follows uh, one of my friends, the, the Macho Fan, Ryan Hawk East. If you want to go find him on TikTok, his name is, the, is Macho Fan, R-H-E. He's a great guy. And he posted about the spot and he... The referee, Jason Ayers, actually responded, commented on the post saying that the feet did not touch the floor. It was very close. The, the video is on his page. It is hilarious. It's great. It was so crazy to see an actual WWE official comment on that. It was so cool. In the end, these two women know each other so well. It was a great back and forth, great fight. But in the end, Bianca Belair wins. Comes out looking strong. The EST of WWE is going to WrestleMania. She lasted in the match for 56 minutes, 49 seconds. An impressive feat. An impressive feat. 100 by every sense of the word. Congratulations to Bianca Belair. She now gets to challenge whatever champion she wants at WrestleMania. I really wished it was going to be Rhea Ripley, but we can't all get what we want, right? Now, after that big win, we get into the Universal Championship last man standing match. The current champion, the tribal tree, the tribal chief, sorry, the head of the table, Roman Reigns defending once again against Kevin Owens. Now, this is a situation where unlike the uh, Sasha Banks Carmella thing where they face off so many times, it's kind of gotten stale. This is not that because each match they've had has been something different. They've had a couple matches over the Universal title, but they had a standard match. And then they had a cage match. Now they're having a last man standing match. They're adding new layers and the storytelling with the Roman Reigns character of the Tribal Chief alongside Jey Uso and, Ro and Paul Heyman. Um, Kevin Owens just never wanting to die, never saying that, is just such a great story. And it played off so well in this match. Now this match, it started off a little slow, but these guys just, after like a couple minutes, just came out the gate and they just started brawling. It became a fight. It's not even a match anymore. Like, they went everywhere. They did everything you could do. Tables. They threw each other off of things. They went through the back. Like, oh my God, there were so many moving parts. There was a point where we thought it was going to be over in the beginning where Roman Reigns hit a spear on the outside and Owens was able to beat the count. They start brawling through the LED um, area. That's one thing I forget to mention. There's one thing I forgot to mention is that this is the first time the Royal Rumble had no live fans. The event emanated from the WWE Thunderdome in Florida and they had the virtual fans. And WWE obviously 
since the pandemic have kind of been piping in the crowd noise themselves with some like genuine crowd noise from the microphones of the fans, but they kind of like monitor and limit that because obviously, you know, you can't have your mic on the whole time because then if you forget to mute and something happens, you know, now you're disrupting the broadcasts and all that. So they pipe, they pipe in the crowd noise, which leads a lot of people to believe that they just kind of create the desired um, reaction that they want. And it's even funnier because I've actually been in the WWE Thunderdome. I've done the, uh, the virtual experience. And the one thing I don't like about it is there's a guy who runs it and they basically tell you when to cheer, when to boo, and who to cheer and who to boo. Like they heavily stress that you're to cheer the good guys and boo the bad guys. And you have to visually do that. Like you have to like, like they'll tell you like th put up thumbs up or like show some energy. And then like, you know, thumbs down, boo this person. Like, but a lot of times they'll tell me to boo people that I like. And I'm like, well, this is stupid. Like I, I'm not gonna be told who to like and who not to like. It's my right as a fan to enjoy the wrestlers that I enjoy. For example, they're gonna tell you to boo Roman Reigns. Um, Roman Reigns is probably one of the best characters overall right now in the WWE. So there's no way in hell I'm booing him. He is the freaking best. And that is evident in this match. As they fight through the Thunderdome, as they fight up the LED boards, to the point where they go up a little high and Roman Reigns may or may not have just hucked Kevin Owens off the platform and threw a pile of tables and production equipment. If you can visualize a man falling from like 20, 30 feet through some tables and some monitors, it's, uh, it's quite the sight, to say the very least. Um, they start spilling into the back. They start putting each other through more tables. They hit each other with anything they could find. Hell, there was one point where Roman Reigns runs over Kevin Owens with a golf cart. That is how crazy this match gets, to the point where we need to bring in golf carts. Truly great by both men. And in the end, it ends with Kevin Owens almost actually winning the match. Kevin Owens actually handcuffs Roman Reigns to some type of a uh, guardrail related thing. And there was actually a little bit of a botch, which a botch in wrestling means like a mistake, like something that wasn't supposed to happen. Paul Heyman was supposed to unlock Roman Reigns from this the handcuffs before the referee got to 10. Because the referee, whenever a wrestler is down, the, part of, the point of a last man standing match is to keep your opponent down for a referee count of 10. You have to beat him up as much as you can. I should have explained that right in the beginning. That is my bad. I keep forgetting that this is, I have to kind of explain wrestling to those who don't know wrestling. So forgive me for that. So Roman Reigns is trying to get up. Paul Heyman is trying to get him out. And the referee is still counting. To the point where they kind of have to tell the referee, hey, uh, stop counting because Kevin Owens isn't supposed to win. And Kevin Owens just stands there and he's groggy and they finally get Roman out and he hits Kevin Owens with some big moves, hits him with a spear and keeps him down for the tech count.
basically the title almost changed hands on a complete accidental mistake. That would have been funny as hell, but of course you can't, you gotta kinda play by the book, you kinda have to make decisions on the fly, do what you have to do to keep whatever the plan is the way it's supposed to, but in the end, they did make the right decision. I mean, Roman Reigns needed to keep that title. Roman Reigns, again, one of, if not the best in WWE right now. And I can't wait to see who they put him against at WrestleMania. And I can't wait to see what he keeps on doing. But now with all that being said, let's get into the meat and the potatoes of this pay-per-view, the men's Royal Rumble match. Now, with the lack of fans, you kind of have to to play to the audience in order to get them to, to be invested and watch the show. And in doing so, they announced who would be entering the Royal Rumble match at numbers one and two. And I think that was the best decision they've ever made. And normally that's not a great thing to do, it's just to announce who's coming in at certain spots. But this worked. It worked because it was number one, my favorite wrestler of all time, the rated R superstar, WWE Hall of Famer, Edge. And at number two, it was Randy Orton. Now, if you don't know, Randy Orton and Edge have so much history with one another. Whoopsie. Ugh. Anything can happen on the A plus study hall. I'm just dropping stuff. I'm a klutz. It's what I do. Um, but yeah. Eddie Randy Orton have so much history, especially ever since Edge came back at last year's Royal Rumble, where there were fans to pop for his huge return after nine years being away, thinking that he was never going to be able to wrestle again. Came back and did really well in that Royal Rumble, and here he is now, and him and Randy Orton just went at it hard. They just have so much animosity. They Randy Orton put Edge on the shelf again for a couple months after their match at the Backlash event right after WrestleMania. Um, a few more guys come in, the likes of Sami Zayn, Jeff Hardy, Dolph Ziggler, among others. Then number eight comes out, and this is somebody who hasn't been in WWE in over 10 years himself. He spits in the face of people who do not want to be cool. It was Carlito. At number eight, it's kind of funny that um, number eight was a spot where in which two surprise returns happened, both in the women's and the men's rumble. Um, nine and ten, coincidentally, were Big E and Xavier Woods of the New Day. So that was kind of cool. They worked together. They haven't really been able to interact with one another since Woods and Kofi got drafted to Raw and Big E over to SmackDown. So it was kind of nice to see them do some tandem offense here. Uh, Ricochet comes in. He's a high-flying machine. Uh, wish they were doing better with him. Number 14, called up from NXT, is Damian Priest, the Archer of Infamy. Dude, I love this guy. He is one of the best going today. I love me some Damian Priest. I'm so glad to see him on the main roster. And through his involvement, uh, Latino rap sensation Bad Buddy got involved. That was another thing I did mention earlier is that he did a live performance of his hit single Booker T, where Booker T, the actual wrestler, was standing there in a commando outfit with his arms crossed. That's like they do with the music video. Um, it was really cool. 
And it led to Bad Bunny actual, well, Damian Priest eliminated The Miz and John Morrison. And it led to Bad Bunny climbing to the top rope and actually hitting a diving splash on both Miz and Morrison. It, it's leading, hope, I believe, to a match at WrestleMania for Bad Bunny if he gets that good for him. Uh, number 17 is Daniel Bryan, uh, one of the heavy favorites to win this Royal Rumble match. And then number 18 is surprise guest Kane. Whoever thought Kane was going to come back. And it was great. And they had a little Team Hell No reunion. That was fun. Now, again, as I'm talking about events that are happening, obviously there are eliminations happening left and right. There are people getting thrown out of the ring. Um, one thing that I want to mention is that Randy Orton, when it was just Edge and Orton, actually suffered a, uh, a leg injury. It was actually carried to the back. So he actually was taken out of the match. I should have mentioned that. He was taken out of the match. So Edge is just fighting now. He's fighting from underneath. He's fighting to stay alive against all these men. And we we get to number 23 where we had a surprise little cameo from the Hurricane. Uh, it's always great to see him. He's had a couple cameos the past couple years. So I didn't really pop as big for him. But it's always fun to see him. Where I did pop huge though. Huge. Was number 24. For the first time in seven years, since 2014, Christian came back. Now, Christian is the best friend of Edge. Um, Christian was one of the very first people that I actually became a fan of when I started getting into wrestling. I really liked Christian. Um, and he's just an amazing, he's an amazing wrestler. Um, I've gotten the opportunity to meet him and talk to him in person. He's such an amazing guy. Like... Probably one of the uh, the best wrestling personalities that I've ever gotten to meet, and one of the best overall wrestlers from a technical standpoint, from a entertainment standpoint, uh, was never really given the best of pushes. I mean, they they did give him like some world title stuff back in 2011, but other than that, he was just a guy that they used to have some really good matches, and he just kind of drew a name value a little bit. But Christian, I thought I'd never see him wrestle again. But because he had so many different concussion issues, neck problems, stuff like that. But here he is in the Royal Rumble match and he and Edge hugged it out. And the ENC, Edge and Christian were back together for a couple minutes. A couple more guys come in and then number 29 was interesting. It was a returning Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, who has been out for a number of weeks because he just had a child with his wife, Becky Lynch, which was which has been really nice, you know. Obviously, maternity leave, you know, you get to kind of uh, stick around and, uh, you know, you kind of stick out and get some time off to spend it with your wife and now your newborn child. But here he is. Seth Rollins is back. And bodies are flying. Bodies are flying. And we get down to the final four. It's Seth Rollins, the man who came in at number 30, Braun Strowman, Christian, and the man who came in all the way at number one. Edge. Edge and Christian, Seth and Braun just start duking it out, tag style. These guys are just duking it out, going all at it. And they're teeter-tottering on the ropes. Edge goes over. He's trying to pull Strowman. And Christian's now trying to throw him. Seth Rollins comes out from behind. But then Christian pops around and he gets to throw out. Seth Rollins throws out both Christian and Braun Strowman, which then leads to 
Rollins trying to get rid of Edge, but Edge gets rid of Rollins. Edge freaking wins, or so we thought. Turns around, RKO from Randy Orton, who's been out of the match for basically the entire match. And at that moment, my heart was crushed because originally when Daniel Bryan was eliminated, I was like, oh my gosh, Edge is gonna win the Royal Rumble. My God, no way, is Edge gonna win the Royal Rumble? I was getting so excited because my favorite wrestler of all time could potentially win the Royal Rumble. And then Randy Orton happened. Randy Orton came in to try and crush my dreams. He, he came in to crush my dreams. He picks up Edge and he takes him and he just hucks him across the ring. Only for Edge to counter and throw Randy out. And Edge wins the 2021 Royal Rumble. It was an amazing moment. I was freaking crying. It was amazing. And what's even crazier is the Royal Rumble happened on January 31st, 2021. Edge won his very first Royal Rumble on January 31st, 2010. 11 years to the day, Edge won the Royal Rumble match. And since winning the Royal Rumble match, he has appeared on all three shows. Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, and has confronted all three champions and has put his name in the back of the minds of all the champions going into WrestleMania saying, he wants what he never lost. He retired by relinquishing the world heavyweight title, and now he's coming back for what he believes is his. He lasted 58 minutes, 28 seconds. Man's 47 years old. Man has so much damage, so much... Just, ah. Uh, the fact that he lasted that long, and he gets this one. A lot of people have been actually not too happy that Edge was like, oh... Why does a part-timer like Edge get to win the Royal Rumble? I'm sorry. I am not going to be one of those people because I love Edge. And it may make me sound hypocritical when I sh when I uh, crap on Goldberg earlier for burying young people. Then Edge comes in and I'm super happy about it. But Edge has said that with this Rumble win, he's going to be on every show. He's going to be on as many shows as possible. He's going to be as active as possible. He's not just going to show up at Mania. He's not just going to show up once in a blue moon. Like, no, he's going to be consistently there. And he wants to basically be like the the front the front page. He wants to be the guy that's there consistently. And I fucking admire that. And excuse my French, but I get a little bit of passionate about this stuff, especially when it comes to a guy like Edge. So with all that being said, that is the Royal Rumble 2021. Overall, top to bottom, really, really great show. And I can't wait to see what WWE continues to do going forward with uh, WrestleMania in April. It's, they're hosting it at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, which was the site of the Super Bowl where the Buccaneers became the Super Bowl champions. Hashtag Team Tom Brady. I think it's going to be a great show. And I, I can't wait to see who Edge and Bianca, I believe, is going to challenge Sasha Banks. SmackDown Women's title. But Edge is up in the air. Edge could challenge anybody. My ideal would be for him to face Finn Balor and just have an amazing wrestling match for the NXT title. Uh, realistically, if I was picking who he should face in order to actually win back the world title, it would be Drew McIntyre. Because I think they'd have a really good match. And I feel like Drew would do the job for a man like Edge. 
But a lot of people are leaning towards him towards Roman Reigns and the Battle of the Spears. So who knows what they're going to do? We're just going to have to wait, watch, find out, and you can hear all about it here on the A-plus study hall as well as whatever else I decide to talk about and whatever else maybe you want to have me talk about if you email me at, Z- at ZacharyLevely1998 at gmail.com. That is Z-A-C-H-O-R-Y. L-E-V-E-I-L-L-E-E-1998 at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. And if you have a topic you want me to discuss discuss here on the A-plus study hall, I will gladly do that. Before we get going, I'm going to once again just plug the NGTTWF Discord server. That's discord.io slash NGTTWF. Come be part of a great community full of even greater people. Plug my Teespring store. Teespring dot com slash stores slash a Zachary Levely. That is Z-A-C-H-O-R-Y-L-E-V-E-I-L-L-E-E. Same name as in my email. Please go pick up some merchandise. It would mean so much to me if you picked something. If you grabbed something. You know, because I love to entertain. And hell, go follow me on TikTok. Go follow me on TikTok at Zach Z-A-C-H dot Levely, L-E-V-E-I-L-L-E-E, underscore P-H-S, and follow my promo battles. That would be awesome, too, if you could do that. Follow me on my socials. Follow me on Twitter at ZLPunk434. Follow me on Instagram, Zach Levely, Z-A-C-H-L-E-V-E-I-L-L-E-E. And that's going to be it for this episode. As always... If you're listening to this, then just be like the A+. Be the head of the class. Be the best of the best. And continue to do things the Levi way.